The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 421 of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, it's so much fun to talk about in pro wrestling this week. Uh, first and foremost, I think we need to say what up to at fuck your mama two times on Instagram. Uh, Jeffrey Sills, awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Uh, was beer sponsor of the week. We mentioned that last week. Gave us some more money, which you can do too. You can donate to us. We have a cash app at Spanish Announce Table, or you can just go to PayPal and use our email, tableshow at gmail.com, uh, which you can also just find a PayPal donate link right at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Love it, right? You you can help support this show that you love. We know you love it. And just like Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, who I heard, because it's Valentine's Day coming up, always finds that perfect gift that is like kind of sexy, but still about love. And it's just perfect, you know what I mean? Just just makes her heart melt. That's the kind of guy Awesome Bill from Dawsonville is. He's the beer sponsor of the week. I picked up a Boulevard uh, Adventure Pack. I got all kinds of beer because of Awesome Bill. I've been Bill trying to cheers you here on oh. our YouTube oh. page. Look, yeah. yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> I think we're yeah, Good. Magic of television. Pay no attention yeah. to the man behind the curtain. Uh, but I, I'm excited, Tom. Uh, to, to talk about how great Awesome Bill from Dawsonville is throughout the show, of course, and this is how of course. Uh, you would be rewarded if you're our beer sponsor of the week is talk about how great you are. You smell really well, which I've heard he smells really well, of course, too. Mm-hmm. Impeccable manners. When eating. Impeccable manners. Yeah. Yeah. When eating in public, everyone loves to watch him eat. It's like, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They like to like stand by and just watch. I heard it kind of bothers servers, me a times, but you know, servers, it's, he is their favorite customer. Anytime he goes to a restaurant, the servers want to be at his table because of the impeccable manners he has. Yeah. I've heard he's a big tip guy in many ways. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll anyway, get into that pro, a little bit yeah. later. Maybe. <laughs> pro wrestling, pro wrestling, Tom, we had a great episode of AEW Dynamite, which is what we love to talk about. We will go through a, a whole lot of that on this here episode of the Spanish Announce Table, the final episode of the Spanish Announce Table before the Chiefs win their third Super Bowl in franchise history on Sunday, defeating the Dirty Birds of Philadelphia. Fingers crossed, knock on fake wood, you know, whatever you want to do there. I've got a candle. Uh, Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, I am a big tip guy. I winked for anybody listening to the podcast. But you could watch us live. You could see what we're doing if you were to follow us on YouTube at Spanish Announce Table Podcast. We're also on TikTok. You can catch some clips there at Spanish Announce Table. But, Tom, man, where do you want to start? Is there anything personal that Tom needs to address to the Spanish Announce Table Nation, or are we just going to talk some wrestling? Let's just talk some wrestling. I'm too nervous about the football game on Sunday. I don't even want to get into it because then it'll become a football podcast. We don't need to do that. So let's talk about AEW Dynamite. And we've got some Tweet the Tables throughout this uh, recap of Dynamite. So that'll be fun to get into. Uh, So let's kick it off with how the show kicked off. And that is with our heavyweight champion, AEW's world heavyweight champion, MJF, in a rare appearance in ring for AEW taking on Takeshita. Nailed it. Yes. See that practice. (laughs) And these two went at it. I tell you what, this was not a, so it was called a championship fight night or something, but this Mm -hmm. was a, this was a title, whatever. Like if you beat him, title share. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It It was a non-title match. Every match featured a champion. There was like two non-titles, but two title matches. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, they call it a world title eliminator. 
But it is what we've said, which has always been the case in pro wrestling lore. If you beat a champion in a non-title match, you then earn a title shot, which is exactly what's on the line here with a world title eliminator match. So but why would you ever agree? They just gave it a why name. Why would you ever? I know, but why would you ever, as a champion, agree to fight someone if you're a champion? Like, eh, well, yeah. because, I mean, it's it's not up to you in, in every case, right? Some champions, I know. Have, we've seen this thing here, but, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a pro wrestling trope. And so they kicked it <laughs> this off. This guy's asking about the rules, nerd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I sometimes ask about the rules. Jeffrey still um, says so he's proud go. of you. You did nail it with the Takeshita. Good on you. I picture Takeshita. Tom sitting at home, Takeshita, 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 right? Just yeah. over and over again. Because I think Jeffrey Stills wrote it out for me and phonetically. And so I was doing the Takeshita, Takeshita. Yeah, I was. I was practicing. And man, I tell you what, these two tore the house down. You know, MJF, he doesn't wrestle that often. But when he does, he likes to just, you know, bitch smack you in the face and say oh yeah i'm still a really good wrestler and he proved it in this match obviously we know what Takeshita can bring he's been doing it each and every week it feels like for the last seven years it feels like um and they went back and forth uh mjf gets the victory but tim what did you think about the match before the victory happened a key takeaway i took is what you already said here mjf doesn't wrestle a lot and we Think of him as the promo guy, because he is that, and we'll get to that later. But he delivers in these big game matches, right? Like, he rarely gives you anything that you wouldn't say is is was damn good. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I liked the match itself, too. Like, this was a nice slobber knocker, if you will, back to the good old days of, uh, of JR there. Uh, I thought they delivered really well here. And MJF just, I, I think that's a, a main takeaway for me is, is because he is amazing on the promos, and we'll discuss that, we kind of forget that he definitely is above average in the ring as well at, at, at saying the worst, right? So oh, yeah. Yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah, and I like that he was still credible enough to get the victory, but he obviously had to do some dastardly tactics and cut some corners to get the advantage, right? So he did the kick to the dick. He did a couple other things. And so... Right, like bad wrestlers do that. You know punt. what I mean? He did the Kansas right. City and, cunt punt. And bad wrestlers have to do that. You know what I mean? You, you think of some of the wrestlers who really couldn't go and they would have to take those shortcuts. With him, he does it, but then he also does a backflip off the top rope and lands on his front or lands on his feet and then clotheslines Takeshita and you know gets the advantage that way as well. So I thought it was really good. I also thought it was interesting that, you know, for the most part, he one clean and so i don't know really what that does for Takeshita because i know he won last week against brian cage but if you look at his record which AEW is about those records i know we got the dark and elevation but like on dynamite it's and and rampage but it's like it's a loss to eddie kingston it's a loss to john moxley it's a loss to claudio it's a loss to danielson and it's a loss to mjf it's like well, then that's go the for thing. the TNT championship because you ain't that, built for this. That's it. And I think therein lies the issue is uh, Jeffrey Sills in the chat here says, this match was a banger. I'm glad you learned his name, Tom, because he's <laughs> going to be doing this for years, talking about Takeshita. And I just, I mean, he'll be doing it for years, but I don't know if we're going to see it on AEW Dynamite. And that's not necessarily his fault. You know, I, I think there's been, you know, we're, we're Americans over here. And by nature, that means... Or, or at least by nurture, that means we don't get it 
if it's foreign. Right? We just kind of don't get it. It's not enough to just be – some Americans could probably get by with just being athletic and we go, yeah, we like it, without much storyline, without much substance of, of being – you know, without a with, – with a language barrier. When that starts getting involved and we just don't – and nobody's giving him any good stories either, right? Like this is what I'm saying. It's not necessarily his fault. Like, like he's in these – matches here but he's just losing them right so i mean yes he's getting good stories but he's not doing anything that i think that we're gonna be like we need to cash to right like he we need he doesn't save the day he doesn't well he you know, did def- remember defeat last week the giant true well, he i mean he saved it he there did. yeah yeah but I, just so- don't, I, I don't think unless they start like you say he needs to get out of this main event picture for a while go on a heater and do something to, against people he's gonna beat but I thought we mm-hmm. were going to do that with Wardlow, and I thought we were going to do that with Darby, and I thought we were going to – I mean, Darby, maybe you can say they accomplished that, but mm-hmm. it's just – man, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do it here Ooh. in a way that we're going to like it. I tell you what, Takeshita versus Samoa Joe for the TNT Championship, I wouldn't hate. But again, you got to give them – but you got to give them credible victories on your main television program. You can't just say, he's been 10-0 and 0 in his last ma- uh, 10 matches, and it's all been elevation and dark, like – that doesn't really count. You know what I mean? You know what would be uh, nice with Samoa Joe before we move on would be Samoa Joe and Miro. Where the where the fuck is Miro? I don't know. I think Miro. Where the is, fuck is he? I think he's in the wind. Gone. I don't think we're gonna see. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see him. He's gonna be. You think we'll see Rusev before we see Miro again? No, I just. I literally think it's gonna be him and C.J. Perry figure out a stunt acting. Make some angle. Twitch money. Yeah, and get into Hollywood doing making OnlyFans. Apparently, you can make a shit ton of money doing that. Yeah, so I think that's check out. But anyhow, wait for the uh, the Spanish announce table OnlyFans coming this fall. So after MJF wins the the match, he then attacks Takeshita because apparently fuck him right, Mm -hmm. and then he takes out his diamond uh, ring, hits him in the head. He's bleeding from the head, and here comes Brian Danielson out to make the save, and he runs out there and. MJF, you know, gets out of the ring and walks up the ramp. He's like, oh, you stink. Uh, you're you're going to get it later this night. And Brian Danielson looks at him and is like, you're a prick. I don't like you. And that's how we end the segment. Uh, we come back from that segment and we go right into an AEW women's. An AEW women's, women's championship. Yeah, championship we have a the table about that, actually. It's from at Brian J. Bay Bay. He says, what? A women's match in hour one? Hashtag tweet the table. And that's a reminder uh, to all of you also. Use hashtag tweet the table. Go on Twitter. Use hashtag tweet the table. You can say stuff like Brian J. Bay Bay just did. And we'll read it right here. So, yeah, a women's match. Not directly before the main event, Tom. You know what's sad? You know what's whiplash. sad? Is, whiplash. Well, you know what I. You know what's really sad? I legitimately did a fist pump when Jamie Hader came out. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, yeah!" Like I shouldn't be rooting for the entire division. That's not the purpose of the women's division. Is like they're getting opportunities. Like they should always get opportunities. So it was interesting. That it got put in hour one. I like it. Tony Khan must have had an, his Excel spreadsheet. Or you, you watch know. the show. Hey, maybe you watch the show. I'm going to bet his Excel spreadsheet was uh, out of order. And that's what happened mm-hmm. here. And yeah, the formatting pr- pr- went wonky. Yeah, production crew was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. It says it here. It. So yeah. 
You drag and drop was... to the wrong spot, but fuck it. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. So it was Jamie Hader, champion, taking on uh, the Bunny. And again, this was an eliminator match, so not for the championship. And yeah. Bunny's been good. You recall some of her early matches. Uh, even they mentioned she won the very first singles match for women in AEW. So that's something that she can put She's a feather good. in her cap I like with. the Bunny. Yeah, and she's had that street fight with uh, Anna Jay and Tay Conti or Tay Mello, whatever we're calling her. And so, like, she can bring it. But this yeah. one, and I don't know. I'm speculating. I'm not a doctor. Neither are you that's, you know, watching this or listening. Um, doctor, It looked like, though, but it looked like she got hurt because this uh, got, yeah. got pretty quick, which stinks because... Again, it was hour one, right? Like, this is your opportunity to be different. And it's like, well, shit, got hurt. And that might have happened yep. before the main event, but still sucks that that happened here. Jamie Hader gets the victory. What do you think, though, overall of the presentation, placement, all of that stuff? I like it. I, li I like at least everything how it's going in the greater scheme of things, which is the story of, like, this AEW Originals versus you know the the new girls and this is kind of on the outskirts of that storyline because it's involving jamie Hader, which is tied to all that so you get to see those players and i just you know the match again like you said clearly something happened here so you can't necessarily weigh too much against it i don't think so right. um still like the bunny and jamie Hader. obviously uh, crowd is still i was a little worried when they gave jamie Hader the title i was like uh oh now it's kind of is this going to be a wardlow or is this going to be a, you know, like a Darby maybe where people kind of take to her? And I think it's it's venturing more towards Darby than Wardlow. I feel like. I, I, I'm, I agree with that. I think the thing that works in her favor, unlike Wardlow, is no one is presented in the same way that Jamie Hayter is. So with Wardlow, as we've mentioned before, Wardlow isn't as big as people who are big guys like powerhouse Hobbs or Samoa Joe or Satnam Singh. So when he does the, I'm the big Brad Wardlow, you're like, well, you're fucking not right. But with Jamie Hayter, she can say like, look at these fucking muscles. I'm throwing everyone around. And you look around, and you go like, no one else is really doing that. So maybe you right. are who you are. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, and she's so, still tied to Britt Baker and well, that crew. And that helps. I think whereas Wardlow suddenly was all right. Now he's just, war dog out on his own it was kind of like eh, yeah okay I, I got i got something for you so after the match jamie hater wins after the match renee paquette is backstage she's interviewing tony storm and soraya yeah and she says that jamie is a loser and all this stuff and then she calls uh the librarian in which was weird like why were you standing there i would have like walked yeah. to grab her but whatever you know splitting hairs saving time so that's fine and they throw her down and then they do the NWO. I want you to pay attention mm -hmm. to that. The NWO style spray paint, but it's an L for loser, right? She does it on the front. She does it yeah. on the back. Loser. Loser. That got me into thinking. So I saw that last week. I think it was. They did the yeah. spray paint. Uh -huh. Then did they do the, the spray paint. No. She said as well. Uh, Soraya says, uh, or maybe, yeah, I think it was Soraya. Not to me. And she said on her way out, like after they spray paint, do the L. She said, we're not here to just whatever. She's like, we're here to take over. Give me strong NWO vibes. Yeah, she which, said the words take over. Mm -hmm. Which got my little brain here working. It's little. I'm calling <laughs> it right now. Okay. All right. Okay. 
Here we go. Timestamp. Put this on TikTok. Britt Baker is the Hulk Hogan. Mm. They're going to do Soraya, Tony Storm, <laughs> Ruby Soho, and, so- and a mystery partner. Britt Baker. You know, yeah. Well, no, the mystery partner. And then on the yes. other side, it's going to be Jamie Hayter. You know, uh, she's going to pull a Kurt Angle. Willow Nightingale. Well, I think it's going to be four on three, just like yeah. how that match was. And then. Well, so how do we get as... Britt Baker out of thinking that she should be on that other side then? Oh, she could just fake an injury, right? Yeah. Have her do a match on Rampage. Oh, my ankle. Oh, my ankle. And then have her on crutches and have Jamie Hayter wrestle on TV. Yeah, while... which she's done before. I'm the role model again. Yeah. Right? And Britt Baker's right there like, hey. She could even be out there the whole time, like helping them along. She's the role model. That's then she saying. just stands yeah. up. Well, no, no, because what I would do, what I would do right. is you have Jamie Hayter, you have Soraya, you have Ruby Soho. Let's just say those are the three. Yep. And then it's supposed to be a four on four for four on four match. And then on the other side, you get Tay Mello, Ty Mello, um, Jamie Hayter, Willow Nightingale. And then let's just throw in Nyla Rose, right? Those are four. Yep. Or, or uh, Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida. There you go. Hikaru Shida makes her, because she's been gone, right? So she'll be the baby face that saves the day. It's yeah. four on three now, right? So they'll do the match. Jamie Hayter will hit a big move on Tony Storm, right? Boom, hits the finisher. And then all of a sudden you hear, the doctor will see you now. And she's rolling out, like you said, we're on crutches, and then throws it to the side, walks down, and Jamie Hayter's like, fuck yeah! And she goes, whop! Hits her right in the fucking face. Gives her the KCCP. Yeah. Gives her the KCCP. Mm-hmm. And then Britt Baker is the Hulk Hogan. I'm Love thinking Britt that's what Baker happened. Baker is the Hulk Hogan. I think we have an episode title. Britt Baker is the Hulk Hogan. I love that idea. And, I mean, they clearly, like, they don't spray paint and say we're here to take over by accident. Those are two choices that went together. So either they're trying to make you think they're strong NWO vibes here, or they're just is. And man, I'm I here think for it's. It. I I'm think here that's, for it. Now, here, here, here's just a splitting hairs comment that I want your feedback on. How do you feel about when Soraya keeps calling all these women baby girl, baby girl? I tell you, you're oh, not meant for this. Do I didn't you like even that? I, kind of, I, I do. I like it because it's like yeah. fuck out of here. Like it's such yeah. a demeaning term it's yeah it's really like if i kept calling it. everybody little boy you know what i mean like, yeah hey little like boy that. yeah yeah like, fuck you i'm not yeah i like it anyhow that was just splitting hair comment that i ca- caught on if somebody uh, so was yeah, going around be like hey little fella like every everywhere you went you'd be like bitch i'm not a little fella right i pay <laughs> right? bills yeah, i fucking right? have a house mortgage fuck you, you fucking you know? see these traps man yeah <laughs> so yeah so jamie hater gets a I'm victory on my calves you asshole we get the backstage segment with Tony Storm and Soraya. Then we get a commercial break. We come back and Lexi's trying to interview MJF, who says that Takesha is no match for him. And then he goes into this fucking story time with MJF. And he tells a story of when uh, his girlfriend was giving him a blowjob. He was driving. He was going fast. Wrecked. Did the girl die? No. No. All right. Okay. So let me set the stage here. So yeah, he says, I... he says, hey, Brian, you treat me as though I'm some scumbag. These fans treat me as though I'm some scumbag. And he's like, well, let me tell you a little story here, right? Uh, and he and he starts telling the story. And I think where he sucks you in is, he, is he's like, he talks about 
you know, when they're, you know, going back to the high school days, he sets that stage again and then he talks about the girl and he was like, he has all the details, right? He's like blonde hair, curls, like smile. He's like, she was perfect. He's like, so we're going off in the car. And then and that's when he starts kind of getting into the heel thing where he's like, I'm driving. She gets to, and he does the like blow job movement. I'm just like, oh Jesus, man, this guy is, this guy is terrible, right? Like he's a horrible human being. And then he, but that's not even like, that's not what distracts him. He's like, after that's done, then he's just like, I'm going to floor it. Right. And, and that's what crashes him. And then he's like, he, he does this, like, I wake up, like, I'm, you know, there's blood all over me. I, 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 she's gone through the windshield, but I like put my finger under her nose and see that thankfully she's still breathing. Right. Like, he's like, and I, and I hear, and I hear faint police sirens in the distance. And he's like, he's like, you know what type of guy I am? like i'm the type of guy that drug her lifeless body into the driver's seat so that when the cops showed up i wasn't the one driving (laughs) and that's just the most like because he lured you in with this like he's done this origin story thing before right where it gave Mm -hmm. you this like from Mm -hmm. that because i thought that's where we were leading i thought girl was gonna die and it was gonna like turned his heart black or something right because you know life did this to me or whatever but no it was just but like, but he's like, but I'm the snake in the grass. If it's you or me, it's fucking you. And that's where he's like, he said, he's like, you think you're going to expose me? He's like, I'm going to expose you for not having what it fucking takes to do the things I do. Which I thought it was just, again, oh, it's so despicable, right? And it was not what you were expecting the way he was kind of leading the story. And I just think it, it goes to talk about how he does it better than anybody else. I know I've. I, I get a feeling that you have a different take on this promo, but I think what's undeniable is is just his ability to do that, right? Like, he's got the details that make you think one way, and then he goes over here, and you're just like, and it's still, even for jaded, like, cynical assholes like us that are 40 years old, right, that we want to cheer every heel, right? We like that dastardliness that we still go like, you sick fuck right like we we got we got awesome bill from dawsonville hitting us up talking you know as it's happening live of how great this thing was um and he's in the chat now probably even talking he said that promo is such great character building and that's what i agree but mjf does that all the time and that's where i feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes it can go it can kind of go unnoticed right because i look i i've i said it i think last night he's the mahomes of wrestling right now where he does stuff so great so often that you forget what you're witnessing and how oh, yeah. great he's at what he's doing. Oh, yeah. And and he also does the things that will make him go viral, even if the segment doesn't hit. So one of the things is he called the girl Liv. Let's say her, well, let's just say her name is Liv, which if mm-hmm. you paid attention to social media, Liv Morgan and him have taken many of pictures together. So it was kind of alluding to that, right? Like, oh, I'm going to cause a little controversy. Even if this promo might suck, someone's going to talk about it online because I said Liv, right? And who's married his, to Bo it, Dallas in real life, if anybody's unaware yeah. and doesn't. So that makes that extra layer of like, why is he fucking, you know? And why does he keep taking pictures mm-hmm. with her? And now he's doing this, right? So like causes some, ruffles some feathers, as they say. And his delivery is impeccable. Like you said, he gives the detail. He's going down this. You're like, okay, he's probably going to drop her off in the rain after she gives him a blowjob. And it's like, no, it went this way. A wreck happened. And then he threw her in the driver's seat. So he didn't have to take the heat. For me, though, that doesn't prove anything. I know. That that didn't. That's like saying 
I, you know how strong I am? I benched 200. It's like, yeah, bro, that just means you benched 200. Like with this, it just says you just did something shitty. Like, yeah, that doesn't, but mean- I think that's what's great is, is it, like I said, it also, I mean, it, it worked a good response out of you. Like, you're like, fuck you. That's a, that, that does not say anything good about yourself. That just says you're a slimy piece of shit. And he's like, no, what, yeah, but that's no, what he said. I am a scumbag and I'm proud of it is how he ended that. Like, well, and, and I get I that. It. And and it, well, and like the perp, yes, he is a scumbag. And I did leave that like saying that yeah. to me though, it didn't prove that like, he's going to do anything more intense yeah. than Brian Danielson. Yeah. So, I think that so makes like, it even better because you're wrong. You're like, not only are you a scumbag, but you're also wrong about what you're fucking saying. Like you're not like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't connect. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And I, I agree more with Eddie Kingston on Twitter, which man, mm-hmm. if you need to see someone going through therapy online, go check out Eddie Kingston's <laughs> Twitter. God bless that guy. He's going through something. There's no uh, filter on Eddie Kingston. No. And apparently he's going through something. But right now, uh, when he was watching that, he said a lot of Katie Vick vibes going on with MJF. Yeah. And that's what it kind of felt like where I don't know if we need to revisit that. I don't know Ever that again. I don't feel like we will get I don't think we'll look back on this promo the same way we look back on the Katie Vick. Scene, well, yeah, because I right? don't think he's gonna fuck a corpse in, in a funeral home, right? Like I, I think that's, that's what, what I mean. I think it was that's that one kind of to use the TV phrase, jump the shark. Right. Uh, yeah. But this I I I I do get where people can be like a little skewed out, be like, dude, you're crossing the line a little bit here. But I think that's what he wants. And, yeah. It was you know. shocking because, again, he does the blowjob mouth, move, you know, gesture and things like yeah. that. So, cool. like, it's catching you off guard. Like, holy shit, we're doing this on at 830 at night. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Motherfucker, right? But, but again, my biggest beef with that is, to me, if you're going to say, I will do things that will keep this championship Brian Danielson that you would never do. If you're going to use that story, let's uh, like, I would think uh, I beat the cops ass and then I ran away. Like that would be like, fuck really? You beat someone up with a gun? Like, no, I think he's, I remember we used to talk about bully Ray in this way where like he could find a way to be like, no, no, fuck you. Right. Like as you're like, as you're starting to, to like cheer for him, he's like, no, 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 right. this isn't that. Like, you fucking, you know, like, suck my dick, right? And that's the moment I got from this where it's like, no, there's not, like, you think you're rooting for me? Like, you better not, right? It's kind of one of these, yeah. like, well, no, <laughs> Like, I can't was... show everybody this promo, right? When we go, like, yeah. check out this amazing promo, I can't show everybody this one. There's a select right. few folks. Right? And I guess to make my point more clear, I I got all of that. I'm just saying it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like he didn't yeah. make sense. No, I don't like get it, that. But I think that like, kind of adds to it. I think that adds to the character of like, you know, like if because if he was a real person and he was saying that shit, you'd be like, all right, but that doesn't fucking mean anything. You know what I mean? You'd be right. having this response right here, be like, yeah. so fuck, what? Fuck, so what? That just means you're yeah. like, that just. And like, is the statute of limitations over on that? Like, I feel like calling the cops now. <laughs> like, you know how many times I've drunk drove that, but like, yeah, right? that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? And I guess well, maybe because I'm a, I'm a scumbag. But like, he also this impressive. week, but he also this week tweeted a 
picture of himself with that car that he was talking about, which well, is another sleazy move. And he does that stuff great. Because again, we know his origin story, right? So the origin mm-hmm. story goes back to when CM Punk walked out in WWE and he was getting picked on and stuff. So we yeah. have the origin story. And so now we're getting more. Well, we've heard like, the high school. Right. And Jeffrey before, us, right? Yeah. And, and Jeffrey still is, uh, I agree with him. It is good character building. Again, yeah. my biggest beef with that is that doesn't mean you're going to do anything different than what you would have done in the out. Anyway, mm-hmm. So I'm just splitting hairs again. It yeah. wasn't for me. I thought it was fun, but yeah. Then Jeffrey Sills, however, is so awesome that he would not never have crashed in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Like it just never would have been a problem because he's that smooth. When he drives, I heard people yield to him, even if they have the right of way. That's true. I think they, yeah, yeah, there's like a sign that says like yield for oncoming traffic and Jeffrey Sills. They just know. It's a, it's just like a law, like the law of gravity. You just mm-hmm. get out of Jeffrey Stills' way. It says in your driving like handbook, the mm-hmm. single yellow line means no passing except for Jeffrey Sills. He can, he can pass. That's how he does it. Yeah. Let's talk about something else we want to pass on. This Garcia Guevara gauntlet bullshit. Yeah. Look, man. And again, I, you know. Yeah. And I guess here's my point. What uh, kind of piggybacking off the point I was trying to make with the MGF is that didn't make sense. And neither does this. Cause as we've talked about Ricky Starks beat Chris Jericho. He did it. Yeah. It should be the other way around. Jericho. Exactly. Going through a yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this oh, is the match I that don't... did not feature a champion, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And I, Correct. you know, and I just like, for me, the most interesting thing of that thing was going to be 2.0, and they got disposed of in short six. Which I get it, right? We're trying to make Ricky Starks this thing, but man, I just uh, look doing the thing just to do the thing will become primetime players soon enough, right? Where like, okay, great, right? Like, I need something else now. The way I feel about this program is it's stunning the growth of Ricky Starks. I think everything Agreed. Ricky Starks is doing in this is, is, is elevating. Yeah, but it's just he not giving now, him much chance to move past it. Well, and I think it's because when you get sucked into a Chris Jericho feud, unless it's the main event feud for the title, like it was with John Moxley or some elaborate detail oriented feud with one of the best of all time mjf this is what you get now and it's just i don't know man like i keep saying it and i'm a broken record kind of like right before the main event it's time for the women but like make me miss you chris jericho like this didn't need to be on the fucking show and you mentioned it where's miro even more so Where's House of Black and Eddie Kingston and Ortiz? I'd rather see that fucking story than this bullshit. Ricky Starks overcoming the House of Black would be an amazing story. Ricky Starks overcoming Miro would be an amazing story to help Ricky Starks elevate his legend of of Mr. Suave, right? Uh, Or whatever we're going to call him, right? Rico Suave for the 2020s, right? Come on. And you can easily make this a better story by changing the narrative where you could say Ricky Starks beats Chris Jericho. Then Chris Jericho uses his stature in the company to make Ricky Starks life hell. So then he has some type of leverage on Tony Khan, or you could just say 
whoever the matchmaker is, right? They say it's Tony Khan, so let's just go with that. And Chris Jericho is using his leverage and saying, Ricky Starks, since since you beat me, I'm going to make your life a living hell until you fight me again. And then Ricky Starks is like, what are you talking about? And then it's, you're facing Brody King. Then you're facing Miro. Then you're facing Malachi Black. Then you're facing Buddy Murphy. Like, after all of that, then Ricky Starks is like, fine, you get your rematch. Like, I don't want to go through this anymore. And then it makes sense. But this whole thing where like, Ricky Starks needs to fight through the Jericho Appreciation Society. No, he fucking doesn't. No. And and they all look like chumps at, at the end of this. Now, uh, Daniel Garcia gets the victory because Chris Jericho pulls the sting where he attacks him in the uh, audience and then jumps the guardrail. And hey, it's uh, Chris Jericho. And that's fine. The The finish was like reliving his mass singer glory days there. Yeah. And it was it was eye catching, right? It caught you off guard. You're like, oh wait a minute, what's this? I rewound, and oh, it's Chris Jericho, right? But the story is fucking dumb. It's yeah, I don't like bad. any of it. Don't I just like don't like one. any of it. And and Jeffrey Sill says they should have just had a match with Garcia and Starks. I mean, that was the only redeeming thing out of all of this. So yeah, just make a match with Starks and Garcia. That at least makes sense, right? He beats Jericho. He can be like, yeah, yeah. He can catch him on the side and be like, listen, you beat Jericho. And I look, I'm a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. We know what it is, but like, dude's a 40 year old man or 50 year old man. I don't know what the fuck he is. He's like, 52. Like, hey, bro, like, you can do that to Jericho, but you wouldn't do that to me, right? He's all up in his fucking face. And, and then mm-hmm. even have Guevara stand there fucking being Flavor Flav fucking with him to where Ricky Starks is like, all right, man, if you want to get fucking danced on, let's do it. And he just, you know, does it. But that's not what we got here. We got this weird, over convoluted thing. For as great as Jericho can be, and I truly feel, I don't know, uh, we'll say uh, can be over his whole career um, of coming up with things, right? Some things hit, but some things don't hit. And when the things don't hit, it's because man, he's like, oh, and do this and this and this. And I tr- I just truly feel like he's kind of in charge. Like, I feel like he's got creative control of his segments, yeah. if I had to guess, because it all feels very Jericho-esque. And it just... This one again felt like one of those where it's like you're forcing it, man. You're trying to like you're you're doing a Hogan must pose thing, right? Like you're doing a let's do this and a this and a this and a this, and everybody's gonna love it. And I don't know, I can live without it. I wish we would just would have got Garcia and Ricky Starks, but I'm ready for Ricky Starks to do something new. Like you said, let's get him against Mirror. Let's get him against the House of Black. What is the House of Black doing? Right well, now. they're feuding with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz, but they don't get no fucking TV time because we have to see Chris Jericho right. Which every would be great. fucking week. I would prefer to see that story. But if you're not going to give me that, then – because, again, I, yeah, we don't need Jericho every week, right? We don't see everybody, anybody else pretty much, every week, including their main – like their wrestling – their world heavyweight champions. When, when Moxie was a world champion, he wasn't there every week. When MJF was a champion, he wasn't there every week. But yet we get Jericho every week. Oh, damn week. Do we have some sort of data that actually shows that he moves the needle? Like that if he's not there, we get lesser ratings. I don't, yeah. it doesn't feel right. And so yes, goddamn. Yes. Eddie Kingston Ortiz. I'm pissed that I'm not seeing this because like I, now I got to take the time to go find it on YouTube. Is that what you're mm-hmm. telling me? God mm-hmm. damn it. The only thing you should waste your time finding on YouTube is our goddamn show. Not that. Right. Let's get YouTube. back to the slash Spanish announced too. 
Let's uh, get back into the recap here. So then we go backstage after that match and Renee is interviewing the acclaimed and Mm -hmm. Billy says, Hey, I feel like I'm being pulled in two different directions. When you guys go out there tonight, I'm not going out there. And Anthony Bowens looks at him as if to say, this is it, isn't it? And Billy kind of looks at him and says, not non-verbally. Yeah, it is. And so then Anthony Bowens goes, well, let's do it one more time. Or he goes, let's give them what they want. And then they all do the scissoring thing, right? Maybe foreshadowing Billy may not be team acclaimed moving right. forward. Yeah. We'll put a we'll put a pin in that and get back to it later. Uh, we go to a commercial break and then um, we come back and Renee is backstage and she's interviewing Brian Danielson. And she's like, hey, Brian. You excited for your match? Thanks for helping out uh, Takesha, you know, earlier in the night. And he's like, yeah, great. Awesome. All right. Time for my match. Goes to open the door. It's fucking locked. Goes to open the door. Fucking locked. Then we go to the ring. Roosh is already in the ring. MJF comes out again and says, hey, Aubrey, you fucking idiot. Count to 10. This match should start. Count to 10. Aubrey, good character work from her, goes, oh, okay. One, two. I mean, she's counting slower than old people walk. And Brian Danielson, we go back and he's fighting through. And apparently it was Brian Cage and someone holding the door down. So then he just busts through. Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, it was Prince Nana, I think, and somebody else. Or I don't even fucking know who it, it was, was. somebody. Yeah. yeah. And Brian Danielson breaks through and Takeshita help, helps him too. Ah, I got you too, buddy. And so they break down the door. And then Brian Danielson runs in before the 10 count. Because, again, Aubrey is doing the four. And MJF is like, you bitch. You know, <laughs> you fucking can't stand her. Which is yeah. great because no one likes MJF. So it makes sense. And then Brian Danielson gets in the ring. MJF goes on to commentary. And then we get one of the best matches in AEW. I mean, I feel like we're saying this each time Brian Danielson is wrestling because we said it with Takeshita. We said it with uh, Timothy Thatcher. We said it with Brian Cage. And now this one is probably the best of all of them. Him and Roosh fucking murder each other. Yeah, they do. 11 times. They They literally fought for fun here, right? They literally were just beating the shit out of each other. And the, the, the art, right? Like the, what's the phrase that all the young put it in the Louvre, you know, um, is when is Brian Danielson. Say? Yeah. They're like, Oh, it's this photo. And it put it in Louvre. And, you, you hang know, out but, in hipper areas than I do. No, it's on, it's on the social medias. It's, you know, I see it on yeah. the things. Yeah. You must hang. Yeah. You got cooler yeah. friends than I do. No, I just live tweet during the show. And so that's <laughs> yeah, what they do yeah. here. I got you. Um, but the moment these, these was, kids these days, you know, these fucking whippersnappers <laughs> saying all the shit. I have to fucking look up. God yeah, damn. Thankfully, it's not the dictionary. Urban dictionary. Yeah, thankfully, the urban yeah. dictionary exists. Yeah, because it ain't in the dictionary. But what the moment is, is Brian Danielson gets flipped from the apron to the ground. And because his head is cut with blood and his hair is long, his hair flips the blood onto the camera. Yeah. And then they uh. go to commercial. That was fucking cool. And credit to the camera guy. He never wipes it off. He right. just like, nope, blood staying on there this entire match, which added to it. Because when they would go back to the shot, you're like, oh, yeah, these guys have murdered each other. Look at all the blood. And this was great. I, I mean, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah um, we got a tweet table from that also. And it's from at Brian J. Bay Bay. 
You'll detect the theme tonight. Tweet the tables. He says, Danielson looking like Carrie at the prom. Hashtag tweet the table. And yes. And I will say for this match, it felt appropriate because, as you said, this was was a fight. This was a death brawl. And it worked there. I am of the belief that we venture a little too easily into the blood territory in AEW. But that's personal tastes, right? Everybody's got their own line there. But here, it didn't feel out of place, so I will give them that, right? Like And like you said, the added touch of the camera and then just being like, well, fuck it, we're riding with the bloody camera uh, was nice. And yeah, I just... This style, this gauntlet, week over week gauntlet, where you know you got to beat this guy and you got to beat this guy and you got to beat this guy, is oftentimes an easy fill-in or a lack of another story. Mm-hmm. And but sometimes I think it fails at being enough. And the only reason it's not failing at being enough here is because Danielson is delivering in every one of these matches, right? And so is the opponents. I don't want to cr- discredit well, them, but it's just yeah, and Danielson, Jeffrey Sills calls this a five star banger. And yeah. he might be right. Danielson is delivering on the matches, but what I like about it from the MGF perspective is he's not staying stale and saying the same things he said week one. He, as you see Brian Danielson continue to win, is unraveling. And then that's earlier in the night. That's when we it's got the story worse. of the it's paying yeah, more money. So, right. Well, and he's just losing it more. It's like you don't fucking think. And now he's just telling on himself that he fucking committed felonies. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's showing his evolution of like fucking losing it while Brian Danielson is showing that like, I'm the fucking best wrestler in the world. Or brother snitched himself, man. Well, yeah, yeah he's MJF. Yeah. Like you think. Yeah. Yeah. But you never, yeah. you never admit to anything. Oh, he's the type of, yeah. Nothing. The way he acts. Yeah. Yeah. That's he, true. He's rich. Easily, he can admit to yeah. whatever. He's well, rich. he's fake rich. He's fake rich. He's new money. So the first thing he does is he pulls out his wallet and, oh, look at all this cash. It's like no one fucking does that when they're rich. But he yeah, does it new because rich. he's new money yes. and he's yeah. fucking daddy. Faking. Daddy made it big on a hedge fund. And so now mm-hmm. they've got the Ferraris and the, and the Gucci mm-hmm. shoes. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. rich people don't do that. Go look at Steve Ballmer. He ain't wearing that shit. Bill Gates. He ain't wearing that shit. People that are douchebags that don't know how to handle money. They look like you, MJF. Yes. But that's just here nor there. Uh, after the match, so Brian Danielson. What Thomas saying yeah. is that he's a billionaire. I ain't got good shit. Look at this. None of this fucking <laughs> shit is cool. I'm wearing a gray fucking t-shirt. That, yeah, me too. Yeah. I got a Ken Griffey Jr. That fucking, you know, when you go to today's baseball, you look at Ken Griffey Jr. from 1998. Um, anyhow, Brian Danielson gets the victory. The rest of the show. And MJF heads to the ring and he hits Brian with the dynamite diamond ring. Pow! Hits him right in the kisser. Yeah. And then he's got a lot of miles out of that dynamite diamond ring. Otherwise, throwaway piece of prop. He's turned it into, he's honestly turned it into Triple H's sledgehammer. Like when you see the dynamite diamond ring. You think it's like Triple H's sledgehammer. So yeah, I think it's great. But he puts on that uh, arm bar. And he doesn't let go. Security comes in. He attacks them. And then he's doing it more. And more personnel is coming out. And he, fuck you. Ah, and then we go to commercial. So <laughs> Danielson's arm is compromised as we go into the pay-per-view March 5th. We go to a commercial break. We come back. And I don't want to talk about that. Jer- Tony Schiavone interviews the Impractical Jokers. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't care. Um, hey, what happened to the fourth Impractical Joker? Did this guy get me too 
I've never seen the show. I don't oh, even really? know what the fuck. Oh, it's I don't good even stuff. know what the fuck it is. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Let me guess, because I've seen commercials. It's white guys playing pranks on each other at Home Depot. Yeah. Right. Yucky, yeah. Yucky, yucky. Of course. Yucky, yeah. Yucky. For yeah. the person who says TV fucking sucks, Impractical Jokers. You is know. The you know. Here's what I will say: Impractical Jokers is it is the type of show like ridiculousness where you can turn it on, you can kind of ignore it. You don't have to know anything about what's going on, and you'll get like, ah, all right, that was fun. You know what I mean? You'll get those one or two things, things where you're like, yeah, that was cool. It's one of those, right, where they're doing a bunch of shit, and you're just kind of like, all right, I'm over here fucking wordling or whatever I'm doing over here, you know, hashtag tweeting the table like you all should be doing. Hey. And it's just kind of one of those shows. So, I, I like, but there used to be four of these dudes, and they've been best friends, like, forever, and that's why they started doing this. But now one of them is just mysteriously gone, and they're like Impractical Jokers, and it's just still three of them. And I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm like, something happened with dude number four. Don't know what it is. The commercials that I've seen, and maybe I'm on my high horse here, and probably I am. The commercials that I've seen of this show just seems like the greatest white privilege show I've ever seen. Because let black people do that shit. The cops will be there in nine minutes. A hundred percent. Of course. <laughs> But you know what I mean? And because so these guys funny. are fat, balding, unassuming white guys. Yeah. They get away so, with hey, it, of course. It's oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Well, and I don't buy that it's not a work either. That, like, you know, they've got all these funny things that happen and people aren't just like, motherfucker, get away from me, <laughs> right? And, like, right. shoving them out of the way. I'm like, yeah, I don't kind of buy it either. But, so, you know. Yeah. So, anyhow, yeah. Impractical Jokers and Chris Jericho are Somebody hit me up, though. Let me know what happened to the fourth Impractical Joker. Like, what, you know, is it child porn or what's going on with this guy? Well, is he old? Did he just die? No, because they were they all friends. Old. I think they're all the same friends. You no, know I, I, mean? I know. Oh, I'm saying yeah. they look old. Did he yeah, die? Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe he like a... Jeffrey Sill says, Tim does dress like one of those sneaky tech bro billionaires. If I was a tech bro billionaire, we would not have the technical difficulties that this show Tom. has. No, no, no. Read oh, he says Tom. Oh, oh, yeah. Now, see, well, you know, Tom might be stingy, and maybe that's why he's a tech bro billionaire. <laughs> I like yeah. my money. Good. I'm glad. I'm uh, glad to know that. Like, I, I, I actually have a good. Because I was like, I don't think I dress like one of those sneaky tech bro billionaires. I think I'm pretty like. I think people see me and they're like, yeah, that guy didn't got any fucking money. Like, you know what I mean, I was like, so I like that look. I like nobody assuming that I've got shit. Well, because you don't. Because I don't got shit, right? So nobody fucks with me. All right. So then let's get into. Nobody's like hand over the wallet because they know like great. I'm gonna get a fucking gas card to the hy and a fucking you know a old receipt Dude, i got i got held up in atlanta when i lived in atlanta i got robbed and i gave them seven dollars i was like i have <laughs> fucking nothing like here you go and he he literally was like yeah all right fuck and he I'm just gonna, took I'm, gonna f- off. I'm in a four-month battle over one grand with the bank you know what i mean well that's <laughs> a different story i can't story. let it go yeah, i can't let it go yeah. well thousand dollars yeah. is a lot of money but anyway I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah so let's still get back on, into still on fucking going by the way anyway insane uh i know the details of that so that's why i said it but hey let's get back into the matches so we get our our uh, championship match here this is actually a championship match it's for the world che- trios championships uh, it is the elite taking on top flight and AR Fox. And this had all the makings of your fun flips and shit. All of it. The, the one criticism I have to sound like Jim Cornette, friend of the show. We've had him on to check out our archives. Uh, 
I don't know if he liked me that much, but I don't like him. But to sound like Jim Cornette really quickly, there was a little bit of like, so who the fuck is the legal person? Because we were just yeah. jumping and doing this, jumping. I'm not saying any of it was bad. Yeah. But even when like Matt Jackson did a springboard something, he was like, pin him. And I was like, well, why don't you pin him? And it's like, I don't even know who the fucking legal yeah. person is. He fell. Do, I, hey, listen. Jim Cornette, there's a lot not to like about the guy, but I say a lot. He's not always wrong. Uh, one, I appreciate his non-wrestling thoughts on a lot of things, but two, with wrestling, he's not always wrong. Yes, he's a cranky old man, but sometimes you're right. Like He hits on things like this, like, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? You just said, first of all, like the ref's counting five over here because this is illegal, but then the next guy does it over here and he doesn't even fucking say shit. Like, you got to fucking shore this shit up, and that's another reason why we don't like this style of wrestling right because there's just no way to ever 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 forget that what i'm seeing here is a performance right like you can't ever buy in and that's some of the magic of of storytelling performances movies you can forget for a moment that you're like oh shit that's right i'm sitting in a theater here you know watching something on a big screen like you can go to a musical and you can kind of forget that for a moment right you buy into the story but I can't buy into that story with this stuff. Yes, I can appreciate the flips and shit, but that's all I'm appreciating of it. It's just like, wow, all right. Got it a triple spinning over his ball sack, plancha drive. Fucking awesome. Can I tell you something, though? So yeah. the elite get the victory. I, having no you know, favor towards any team towards the end. I was like, I want top fight and AR Fox to get the yeah. victory. I want them to be champs. And this is the reason why. I think for as good as Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are for that trios division to add credibility and get more teams over like an AR Fox and Top Flight and stuff, I think they're more valuable with, with Kenny Omega as a singles competitor and the Young Bucks going back down to the tag division and saying, we're going after that. Because the Young Bucks, while they've kind of done everything they could, there's still some teams that they haven't messed around with that I think would be interesting. And with Kenny Omega... Like that Kenny Omega and uh, like uh, who am I trying to say? Um, Chris Jericho hasn't had a feud. Like think of that. They haven't had a feud and they're like the two like. Well, and Jeffrey still says uh, in the chat, by the way, join us live when we do this YouTube show Thursday nights. Uh, it says, but I'm ready for Kenny Omega singles matches. So where's the Kenny Omega Chris Jericho match? Well, I just like can, here you go. Let's fucking old yeller Chris Jericho professionally and replace him with Kenny Omega and put Kenny Omega and Ricky Starks has to go through the elite gauntlet to then get to Kenny Omega. Like that's more interesting because Kenny appreciation better. society would be way cooler. Yeah. Cause Don Callis society. would make it so much more fun, right? Like Don Callis as the talking piece and Kenny Omega with his bad suits is perfect. You know, you know they say you don't know what you've got until you lose it. I miss Don Callis in my life. Well, you get them, but you don't get them like you should. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, I think, I mean. yeah, I think, I think you yeah. need to. You know what we AR... need? We need a Dan Lambert versus nah, a nah, Don nah, Callis nah. promo off. Nah. Look, Dan Lambert <laughs> can stay over there with Jorge Masvidal and American Top Team. Trump I don't need to and see all them. them. Yeah, I don't need to see that motherfucker ever again. Uh, and I think AR Fox and Top Flight as a trios champion, champions would then give them some, oh shit, we got to see them on TV, right? Like, I think the trios championship doesn't need the stability that, 
I feel like they think it needs. I think we can give it to a newer team and then get Kenny Omega. I agree, some, but they look the part, Kenny right, Omega's with the matching here. gear, and I just it just feels like a good fit, and I think they have similar mm-hmm. styles. I agree with you. I think that would have been a great way to just kind of like let the elite and the young bucks go off and do some things because it's not getting over this time, right? We're not like all in on like, oh my god, the elite, right? We're just it's well, just not there my thing, time. my thing with this is. Kenny Omega had, what was it, 32 surgeries while he was out for nine months? He's yeah. not going to be here for four more years. So, like, you you better get in the Chris Jericho match. You better get in the CM Punk match. You better get in another Hangman match. You know what Your I mean? Will like, Ospreay match that you were uh, – yeah. they, they did do that, didn't they? The singles match. Well, they did the, the tag. They didn't do it. They did well, the they tag, did it over right? there. Yeah. They did it in New yeah. Japan, but they didn't do it here. But, At you know glory what I mean? hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's get a glory hole match saying. here going on. But that's what I'm saying. Like th- they need to get Kenny Omega's matches in before he has to retire. Cause I don't think anyone's clamoring or, or wanting the AR Fox and top flight rematch. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's all. So uh, this is not a football podcast, but I don't know if you caught that. Uh, Chris Jones did not win the NFL defensive player of the year. It's Nick Bosa. So that was wrong. Really? Yep. Yeah, that's what ESPN's saying right here on my little 49ers defensive end. Nick Bosa named AP NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, is that AP? Is that not the uh, – no, that's the one, right? That's the one. That's the Associated yeah. Press. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that we're all waiting on tonight, right? Yeah, we know I was going to win the MVP, but I thought Chris Jones was going to win this. But anyway, you know. Maybe I'm a homer. No, he was the best defensive tackle. Anyhow, yeah. Well, and he's still playing. I know that much. Well, because of because of his play. So I hope that fucking pissed him off because he's gonna have to throw Lane Johnson and Chris Jones or not Chris Jones, uh, Jason Kelsey around on Dude, Sunday. So Landon Dickerson coming down your throat, right, or whatever. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. his name said? Colin Malala. Yeah, right. Malala <laughs> as well. Yeah, he's got a tall task. So hopefully that's motivation to fucking beat their ass because we need it. Go Chiefs. Yeah. Fucking Eagles. God damn it. Eagles are just rats with a better PR. Man, listen. Fuck them. And what's Philadelphia? Like, what is Philadelphia? You know, like, what do you know? About, I'll tell like, you. Ever, like, I'll tell you yeah. what it is. It's such a shitty city that it was originally our uh, country's capital. And then we moved it away because we're like, fuck this <laughs> place. And we went to D.C. Fuck Philadelphia. We That's shit on St. Is. Louis for losing two NFL teams, but Philadelphia lost a nation's capital. They yeah, can't go live you. in that city. What are you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. The only thing they've done so far is just lose every championship they've got, right? I the Phillies lost the it. World Series. Their soccer team lost the MLS, and now their football team's going to lose the Super Bowl. Fuck and the only reason you guys. ever won the Super Bowl uh, recently is because Nick Foles was playing on your team, and he learned all that shit on the Chiefs. Yeah. You guys fucking miserable. Yeah, and your city just sucks. You ever hear anybody bad. go say they're going to go live out their dream in Philadelphia? Nope. Ain't no one. Philadelphia is the ugly stepchild of the Northeast. Yeah, and you ain't got no Kansas City cunt punt, right? So we know there's yeah. no like Philadelphia. And it's know, an eagle. Punch. It's a yeah, fucking it's eagle. eagle. It was on the endangered species list. Yeah. That's, how, that's what your fucking football team is. Yeah, we're going we to put it preserve. on the extinct list. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we have to fucking coddle this cocksucker because you can't do it yourself, you yeah. piece of shit town. Mm. They're probably going to win. lost hey, the nation's so... capital. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fucking losers. What a bunch of dorts. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into the main event. Some mm-hmm. controversy here, Tim. Wait, wait, wait. For... It was the main what? event. So we, oh, were supposed to have a, we were supposed to have women before the main event. But we did get something before the main oh. event, and I missed it. Yeah. Stokely Hathaway. Mm. Before you do that, because I forgot, we were talking about the Young Bucks. Uh, Brian J. Bay Bay used a hashtag tweet the table to point out that the Young Bucks were wearing pants made from the Chinese spy balloon. Hashtag tweet the table. <laughs> nice. And see, this Probably is what you is. do with tweet the table. If you got thoughts like that, share them with us. We'll read them right here on the show. But anyway, yes, we got Stokely Hathaway. God damn, I love Stokely Hathaway. So here's my question to you. So Stokely Hathaway's being interviewed and he said, everything's going wrong because of Hook. And my question to you is the firm came in as MJF's right hand group, right? The muscle that he needs to get the goals accomplished. That quickly was disassociated between the two of them. And now Hook is going to be the one that crumbles the firm. Like, is this the first failed faction in AEW? That's my question to you. Do you think it's the first real failed faction in, in AEW? Well, no. Uh, remember Eddie Kingston had a bunch of folks hanging around for a while that was very yeah, short lived. Well, but the reason that stopped is because Eddie Kingston turned babyface and, and saved yeah. John Moxley. So, like, at yeah. least that had a reason. Yeah, I mean, yes. Look, I think this was designed to be something for MJF and a storyline against CM Punk that never materialized, so they tried to keep it going, and it just isn't going to be a thing. Um, so, yes, yes, I think. But I also think, like, <clears throat> under different circumstances, it might have been a thing. But I don't know. I mean, look. As big as W. Morrissey is, and as all the great memories we have of Big Cass, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not quite there yet, right? Looks great so getting here's, on the bus, yeah. right? And then the so here's a Ethan Page. We can't seem to hit that next thing with Ethan Page yet. I don't know what we're missing there yet. I think what you do get rid of the firm, fuck the firm, it's all gone. But I think you keep. Ethan Page, Stokely Hathaway. Yeah, Those two guys seem team. to work. Well, they seem to work perfect, right? Yes. Where Stokely Hathaway can get all the things that Ethan Page needs, and then Ethan Page can wear all the fancy suits and be the top heel or a top heel. But the rest yeah. of them. But I think their personalities click. I think they feel like a couple of sleaze balls. One's a manager. One's the guy, right? I think I think it works very well, and I think the rest of the firm could just disappear. Speaking of, what I did the ass boys this. in the firm? That's what I was about to say. Stokely Hathaway didn't come out with the ass boys and they were in the firm. Stokely Hathaway should have tag team champions. Spoiler They're alert. the firm ass boys. Yeah. Not anymore, apparently. The soft so, ass boys? It, so Stokely Hathaway says everything's wrong because of Hook. Hook appears, grabs him, and then warns him. He says, You something. I couldn't understand. Yeah, what he what said. I think he said, like, watch your words, sir. That was, yeah, that missed. I don't know. Well, uh, who who DDP's daughter doesn't know how to use a fucking microphone. She just holds Whoa, it to herself. She also doesn't know how to act. Right. Like, <laughs> just yeah. Now, the thing with, I think that we missed with Hook is the chips. We should have kept the chips thing going. He could have just like had him and fucking like drag him. And, and Stokely's like, oh my God, what's he about to say? And then he just eats a chip and fucking throws him off and walks off. Like that would be way cooler than whatever the fuck he said there. You know, if he's, too nervous to talk. I think you use the chips 
as his promo. He says, watch your back. And he puts it on a bag of chips and you know, it's fucking hook. That's what you could do. That's what I'm saying. Like start using the chips as a thing, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he fucking, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing is like anytime he's about to clap back on somebody, it's just, you know what I mean? Just eating the chips because he loves the chips. Or chips. if he needs a message, but if he needs a message sent, he leaves a bag of chips in your locker room and you go, oh, fuck, what's about to happen? Just even oh, a chip. He needs to eat the rest of these chips. Fuck you. But it'll leave well, like a chip. <laughs> but that's where they need some corporate synergy and find a chip sponsor. Guys snacks. Guys and potato then, chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that. The original. Be... The original barbecue potato chip. You guys mm-hmm. know how much you love barbecue potato chips. That's thanks to Guys Barbecue Potato Chips, which, by the way, is right here in Kansas, MF and City, who will win the Super Bowl this Sunday. And you should be enjoying a bunch of Guys Potato Chips while you do it. Anyway, sorry. Hook yeah. should be eating them. Mm. Yep. So we go to a commercial break, then we come back, and then here it is, the main event, as we were talking about. AEW World Tag Team Championship match, very controversial. We get the Acclaimed, who are at the time your tag team champions, taking on Challengers, the Guns, a.k.a. the Ass Boys. And long story short, the Guns are your tag team champions. Now, the way it happened was interesting. So... That referee took the greatest referee bump I've ever seen so in my great. life. I watched it back four times. I was like, holy shit, what did that guy just do? Yeah, yeah. I thought he really great. killed himself on accident. Yeah, because he was like, you're acting too much. Oh, shit, you're for as much For as much as we've shit on AEW at missing the spot, this one was spot on. They had the great angle for it to where there was just enough blockage so you didn't see if he missed, but the sell job he did after it was top notch. Whatever, give that guy a raise. Yeah, he was great. Uh, and then Billy Gunn comes down. Billy Gunn stops Austin. Yeah. I think it was from using the title belt and says, You ain't going to do this. And then Colton hits Billy Gunn. Gun number two. Gun number tall gun. The tall gun. Tall the shotgun. Gun. We'll call him the, tall, the shotgun because he's tall. The shotgun right? versus the <laughs> pistol. Yeah, the pistol and the shotgun. There you go. Yeah. And the shotgun hits him in the head, and Billy's out. He's all done for. And then I forget how it happens, but long story short, uh, the pistol gets the the roll-up victory on Anthony Bowens, and the guns are your new tag team champions. He's he's not just a shotgun. He's like an old-timey 1864 shotgun also. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just yeah, like, he's the, it's a oh, long he's the tube musket. with a tiny little – yeah, it's a musket. He's the musket. He's the musket. The musket the pistol and the, and the musket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, they obviously knew everybody expected what, what I was claiming was Billy Gunn was going to turn – realign with his kids because he loves his kids get one over on the acclaimed and win the titles that way because they set that up like you said in the earlier promo anthony bones didn't quite buy it and then he's holding up one of the acclaimed like he's getting ready to hit him with the thing but he throws him at the last second and stops him like they played all into it and kudos to them for recognizing the odds right and uh pulling a little carl chiffers and and hedging the um, <clears throat> hedging the game a little, and so and Jeffrey Sills did call it. I I think I was agreeing that the guns were going to come out of this. I just thought we were going to get the turn, and I think that was the bit of the surprise. And it'll be interesting to see where we go from this. But I think the acclaim still 
end up this feud as the tag team champions. You do not? All right, here it is. T-Max storyline oh, of T-Max the got the pencil. There it is, T-Max We're gonna call pencil. This, we need a segment. T-Max got the pencil. Yeah, here it is. This is what happens. So you're going to get uh, the guns coming out. They think they're the best thing in the world. The acclaimed now are mad. Hey, we gave you a shot. We want our rematch. No, you're going to have to prove it. So then they beat Tony Neeson, that other Josh Woods guy, right? Mark Sterling's group. They beat them. That is exactly then, who they will beat. Yeah. Then they say, all right, give us our title match. And the guns are like, fine. But we're going to do it under our rules. We're going to do it no DQ. And the fucking claims like, perfect. We want to use all the weapons on your forehead as possible. Like all of them. We're bringing scissors. Yeah, we'll bring this. We're going to scissor your fucking head open, you know? We're going to scissor your face. Hello. And so so it's a no DQ match. Let's just say it's a revolution. Yeah, probably is. and, And that's where Billy Gunn says, my son's. They have what it takes to be champs. They proved to me. So you think we still get the turn? We get the turn, but it's going to be at Revolution. God and damn. then you know what that leads to, Tim? Tim? You know what that leads to? The guns went at Revolution. Oh, we're the fucking king shit. Look the best at tag team in the world. And then... Jeffrey Sills says, they hold the belts all year until FTR comes from the dead. Oh, I don't know. It'll probably be summer. What's their summer pay-per-view? Like, it'll be that. Their yep, spring break it. or whatever. Yeah. And FTR comes back and says, we're the fucking champs. And then by the time it's all out, which we'll go to again, because it'll be in Chicago, we're going to get the third match in the trilogy for the championships. FTR, your champions, taking on the Young Bucks. Dude, we're gonna have another set of chairs. I didn't. I forgot they do this in Chicago every year. We can do this every year. I know. Stack those chairs up. I gotta sit uh, right here, not know what the fuck to do with that. I I want to have another one that I don't know what the fuck to do with. Exactly. And I want to figure out how to yeah. get that one home too. I want to embarrass myself in another in the airport again. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> that there it is. You're gonna get the turn. And then the acclaimed are going to reinvent themselves. I bet you then that's when we start to build up the tag division because then the acclaim can say, hey, let's feud with the best. Butcher in the blade. I, well, I think best they're going to go heel. All right. I think they're going to go heel after this. I think they're going to say like, fuck all this shit about being nice. That ain't getting us Get nowhere. Nasty raps. Yeah. And then it's fuck this town. You guys are miserable. We're miserable. All that shit. Like and when they're, then, they're when they're in Cincinnati, they'll shit on them for how the Chiefs beat them in the AFC Championship game. Exactly. Yes. Smoking on that Joe Burrow. That Joe Burrow. You know how many times I say that in my head? Yeah. <laughs> That's the funniest phrase. For anyone yeah. listening who doesn't know what I'm saying, go look up Patrick Mahomes Sr. post-game interview. After the Chiefs beat the Cincinnati Bengals, he is cognac drunk and he gets interviewed and he's like i'm smoking on that joe burrow and he's like yeah, he says it just joe like burrow? that yeah he's like yeah, yeah. joe burrow <laughs> that joe burrow yeah i've i've been around plenty he was, of guys have you know like when that. they say people are three sheets to the win he was seven sheets to the win he oh, was man. hammered glass-eyed like like he was the beneficiary of the beer sponsor of the week jeffrey sills he was so drunk Oh, God, yeah. Cognac all the way. You could tell. 
Cognac will give you that that delayed speech. Like, you know, I know when you're drunk, sometimes you're like, hey, let's go get, let's go get Taco Bell. But cognac <laughs> will make you stop mid-word where you go smoking on that Joe Burr. Let me, like, because I know Jeffrey Sills might be a newish listener to the Spanish announce table, and there might be other newish listeners to the Spanish announce table. I would invite you to go back into wherever you get your podcasts and scroll all the way to near the bottom of the list and find yourself episode 21 of the Spanish announce <laughs> table 400 episodes ago at yeah. the end of episode 21 we celebrate turning 21 by watching heroes of wrestling a terrible pro wrestling pay-per-view while being absolutely hammered not and together. You will hear not together. We did this separately and kind of mixed them together. But uh, first of all, you'll appreciate Tom way more than you ever have. <laughs> <laughs> and that was fun. I'm telling you, if you do anything this week where you want to laugh till it hurts, go check out episode 21 of the Spanish Announce Table. That's advice Tim is giving you here on episode 421. Tom, when we did episode 21, did you think we would be sitting here in episode 421 and doing this show? I didn't think we were going to do 22. So I didn't think we were doing 421. Yeah. After 21, I didn't think we were doing 22. So that we yeah. got this far is crazy enough. But, oh, my God. Um, yeah, so that's AEW Dynamite. Your new tag team champions are the Guns, aka the Ass Boys. Um, like hey, I said, Roosh again, and Danielson tore it up. I I don't I don't hate this idea. If we can talk about the tag team championships again, I don't hate it. Like the acclaimed is is hot. They're doing their thing, but I don't think it relies on the tag team championships. Right? It relies on the raps, the swagger, the daddy ass oh. thing. But again, I think we've peaked with that. Right? So as you said, it's time to kind of reinvent but i believe they have the ability to do that and i think they they've shown it in their interviews they work their ass off to find that thing to try things mm -hmm. to do new things so i have full faith that they will do that next thing and i think they're one of the hottest acts going in pro wrestling period but i think it's time to like start thinking of that like all right what's the next thing to keep us there the only thing that i would have changed with the guns because i i agree with you the acclaim are the A side of this feud and they're fine and they're going to be fine moving forward. The thing with the guns, very similar to at the start of this show to and not getting victories is fucking nailed the guns, it but the guns only good. beat FTR, right? So right. they only beat FTR. And then here they are now to, they, yeah, they didn't beat butcher beat, and the blade. They didn't beat, didn't beat the best friend. Santana and Ortiz. Beat, God, we keep or, missing Santana and Ortiz. But it could have been Ortiz Sad. and Eddie Kingston, right? They could right. have beat Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. They or who's those Magnum bros that we saw? Oh, yeah, they're fun. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're scissoring now all of a sudden. Um, yeah, they needed more victories. And it could have been shenanigans, right? It could have all been roll-ups or dick punches and all that stuff. But they beat FTR, which was kind of also weird. And now they're champs. And that's the only disconnect is... I didn't need them to like. I will say this: going on somebody hot streak, beating some more FTR at the moment where FTR was statist kind of gives you a thing to say, like, "Hey, listen, we can beat them, so we can beat anybody, right? Give us a title shot." I, I could, I could, you know, you, you, yeah, you could convince me to be like, "All right, here's your shot," and then mm -hmm. they go, "Oh shit, we took advantage of it, right?" That's one of the beauties of wrestling: is like 
sometimes you can get that shot without having gone through the you know the boxing ratings as it were yeah i well yes and i think beating ftr is a good feather in their cap from a storyline perspective the thing that i think shot themselves in the foot with beating ftr is they lost to the briscoes then they lost to the guns then they right. lost in New Japan. Then they lost. Yeah, if they like, would have been just... the first, if they would have been the first right. to beat the Briscoes or the FTR, and that's when FTR like had their little crisis of faith and lost a few yeah. more because the fucking guns beat us. So are we that good? Right, like that yeah. kind of thing. Yes, a hundred percent. That would have worked better for them. But yeah, I, even with given how it did go down, I still think they needed to beat a couple more teams by however they want to then say we're beating yeah, why aren't they beating like, luther okay. and fucking yeah Serpentico. yeah or or fuego del sol and sammy guevara or yeah or or the guys from the fucking wingmen god we need more wingmen or ricky starks and action andretti yeah right beat those two like yeah it could have been that too but yeah it's just it felt a little bit too quick even though it felt right you know what i, I mean it felt right yeah. for the acclaimed but it didn't feel right for the right. Guns. The, That's the tag felt. thing with daddy ass. But I do agree that like, Hey, it's time to see if the acclaimed are the guys that can keep this kind of fervor about them without the daddy ass. So I, I agree. I think that's the best move of, we still do get the turn. It's just after we thought we were going to get it. So maybe we forgot about it. Yep. That's how it happens. That's how it happens, Tim. I like it. So that's it, right? I mean, Oh no, <laughs> listen, there was one big thing that happened over on the other side of the fence with WWE. And that was the Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman promo that everybody is, is slobbering over. Now I want to say this. I thought it was good. I mean, like for the story is what it is, but I keep wanting to make sure people understand that it was mostly Paul Heyman, right? Like this was Paul Heyman's promo. I will give Cody this. I like the line at the end where he was like, you just fucking said your shit and you're not going to suffer the consequences. It's your fucking boy. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to kick his fucking ass and take his title. And that's what you did to him. So you fucking tell him you did that to him. Like I, you know, paraphrasing here, but Mm -hmm. I like that, but anything before. And I think this is where you're going to go with this too, is just, man, I am tired of, of like of the fucking Cody Rhodes Dusty Rhodes is my daddy story like bro yeah. again it sounds like Cody really needs therapy and like I feel bad for the guy look I I we would like to normalize mental health and get all the all the help that you need and get all the counseling you need and do whatever it takes right like and 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 we're all here with you but it doesn't scream I want you to beat Roman Reigns Right, like I don't like, man. I want you to go get help. I don't want you to beat Roman Reigns. I think you shouldn't yeah. be wrestling right now. I think you should be going on a four day darkness retreat and seeing if you still want to play football. Oh, wrong guy, wrong guy. Sorry, uh, that would be dumb. Uh, you know what I mean? But like, just like don't. It's it seems just like it feels the SNL skit where the guy was like, "I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and God, it people like me." Uh, like I'm tired of hearing his personal fucking pep talk. Yeah. So for me, the line, yeah, the line that I liked was something different from Cody, where he said, I'm just trying to win a championship and everyone yes. wants to make this personal. That was good. Yeah. So I'm personally going to take this away yes. from Roman Reigns. That's cool because everyone has been. Seth yep. Rollins has been poking the bear about it. 
Paul Heyman now is poking the bear. So I like the aspect of yeah. him almost saying like, I'm done. It was with believable. It. He acted annoyed yeah. too. He's like, God damn it, man. I'm just trying to win a fucking title here, which right. is what this is a wrestling title. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not if we followed the, you know what I mean? Your speeches, yeah. but okay. All right. Yeah. Great line. That part I liked. Now going to the fucking. Yeah. So what I will say about the dusty roads, bringing it up is, you know, a, a 24 ounce steak from your favorite steakhouse is fucking yes, awesome. Please. Yeah, it's great. Right. But if you had it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner since 2016, you'd be fucking tired of it. You'd say, hey, let's get a taco yeah. salad. Hey, let's go get some uh you know pad thai. Hey, let's go get some sushi. Just something else. I just don't want this fucking steak right now. And that's Cody. The fucking thing is fine, but when you just shove it in your face all the fucking time that it's his dad and he wants to live up to his dad because his dad was fuck you. Fuck you. Like, this is where, like you're saying, we should normalize mental illness and all of that. On the flip side of that, though, is if every day you wake up and you cry and I say, here's the therapist number or here's the thing that could help you. And you go, no. And then you wake up the next morning and you cry. Eventually, so, you're the boy who cried wolf. And I'm going to say, I don't fucking care about your tears. So my long winded way of getting into this is that <clears throat> from a storytelling perspective, if you tell me, hey. Here's a guy whose dad was considered one of the all-time greats, is on people's Rushmore, but he, at this company, which is now the the Amazon of pro wrestling, like now he's got a shot at doing the thing his dad never could that it feels like his dad was purposely kept from as a, as a point, right, on purpose. Like, that seems like a great story. That's fine. But what you've been telling me over the last year has been a different story, has been Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, you know what I mean? Bloodline, all of this. It hasn't been, oh, and also this guy who's barely been affiliated ever anywhere at all has the boyhood dream, right? Like it just, it it doesn't well, fit for me, right? Like, so even if it's fine and it could be a great storyline, you're now trying to sandwich it up against what has been your greatest storyline in years. And you're so, just going to like cut that one off early so that you can so tell you, this one also? Well, no, no, no. It just so, feels weird. You know what it feels like to me as far as storylines, storyline perspective only. What it feels like is WrestleMania 20. If you recall, the main event of WrestleMania 20 was this blood feud of two best friends that then one of them turned on them and it's Triple H and it's Shawn Michaels and oh my God, these guys are going to fucking kill each other and they kill each other 10 million times. And then all of a sudden, it's the boyhood dream, Chris Benoit, he wins the Royal Rumble, I want the championship, but then Shawn Michaels is like, Triple H ain't fucking done with you. So then we throw them all in there together in a tri triple threat. Don't be shocked if that happens because that's what Triple H went through and now he's the one booking it. So don't be surprised about that. My but that's thing, just what I mean. Though, it feels like that. It's like this could have been a fine story, but like you're trying to force it right now when. Well, because he won the just, Royal Rumble. Like that I understand. Like I will forgive. But, that but I mean, because, but you, but you could have put somebody else in the Rumble. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. Just, again, I think I'm starting to feel like the Rumble winner gets the automatic, you know, WrestleMania main event is now doing a disservice to the Royal Rumble. Whereas before, like it used to be the great stakes that you would win. But now I feel like ah, it's forcing them into weird stories that well, they're not ready to tell. They're not planning ahead enough to like make that Rumble winner the crescendo of a thing. Right. Like, well, they, they just, typically, it's weird. well, they typically do, but 
this has been the first story that Not they've really. actually told. I feel like yeah. I feel like they they we don't know anything about the Rumble winner who's going to challenge for the red. Like we're usually often anymore. Like oh my god, it was Drew McIntyre. Now it's going to be Drew McIntyre. It wasn't like Drew McIntyre is trying to get the world title for seven months, or has a personal yeah. beef with the champion for seven months. Like right. the Rumble winner should have been Sami Zayn. 5,000 times over if you're telling the story that you've been telling us nah. forever, no, right? So it's just, it's no, just weird. You got to get me. the match. In, you got to get the match in Montreal. Like that's the path. That's going to be louder than WrestleMania. That's going to be more memorable than WrestleMania. So, but that's what I mean. Year. Like your, your storyline payoff is coming in elimination chamber. Your, Which is great. Then your hey, WrestleMania look. is just this like other story that like just popped out of nowhere in the last two months that we're all supposed to get behind. But yet it's been the same thing he's been fucking, I'm going to say it, crying about well, for his fucking seven so, years. All right. So here you go. So one, here's my thoughts. One, I actually like that because fuck the elimination chamber, right? Like generally speaking, who the fuck cares about that? Right? So now you do. Two, WrestleMania, you're going to watch anyhow, so you might as well get a match in there. And then three, it would be a good story, Cody, if this wasn't the fucking story he's been saying since 2016, when I started AEW in 2019, just like my pappy went up against WWE and NWA and WC. Like, shut the fuck up, man. This is, again, where I'm saying, you're saying the same thing every day, and we keep saying, here's the way to fix it, and you just say no, and then I'm fucking done hearing it. Like, I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to fucking hear it. If you say Dusty Rhodes one more time, they're coming to Kansas City in March, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Swear to God, Cody says Dusty Rhodes, fucking throwing an egg or tomato. And here's another thing about it, right, is that WWE. Get out of here. It's. Huh. We've talked about this a bunch with AEW sometimes where they just recently started getting better about this, where if you throw in a random guy that I've never seen before, you got to give me the backstory or else I don't know who the fuck that is, right? Like, I don't watch New Japan. Mm-hmm. WWE references Dusty Rhodes in a correct pro wrestling industry limelight of Dusty Rhodes was an all-time great. But if we were only to ever watch WWE programming, Dusty Rhodes was a just above mid-card level no, fly-by-night no. couple of years window. No, no, not to this group, because they made a fucking statue of them. They of course, like, but but do you get what I'm saying? Like, from a viewer's perspective, if I've no, been no, watching no. for 25 years here, we saw seven years of Dusty Rhodes on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, they've presented Dusty Rhodes as they should. Everyone... I think they get the benefit of adding some of the WCW library in there. I think they well, can put, the like, NXT just, guys, the NXT, everyone yes. talks up. That's what. yes. But that's again of the, like, yes, if you followed along that, but again, if you're not watching NXT, if you're not watching the backstage mantra of like dusty Rhodes trained me, right? Like this kind of thing. If you were just viewer, casual viewer who watches WWE raw and SmackDown every week, dusty Rhodes was a small blip in time in the WWE universe from an in-ring no. wrestling persona. Well, in-ring, yes, but his impact is what makes him important, right? Because Seth Rollins and all yeah, of them agreed. say it on agreed. camera. That's the part where it's There like, is that too. Sense. So, yes, I will get that. But it's just it's still like, it just, yeah. I, man, Cody Rhodes, to me, I, what I take away from this is is I feel sad for Cody Rhodes from an emotional standpoint every time I watch him and not a, I really hope he gets this victory because 
if I'm Cody Rhodes' loved one or if I'm his therapist, I would be telling him getting this victory is not going to solve whatever has been bothering you about your father's death. So, so, Tim, mm. this is what is you that do. the story? No, he gets the championship. He beats Roman Reigns because we got to end this shit sooner rather than later, right? Yeah. Even have Sami Zayn fucking cost him the match, right? Because then Roman can then go to SmackDown and Sami and Roman over in SmackDown. And on Raw, Cody has a championship. Check me out, right? But then it's Cody going, hey, fuck all of you. I thought this was going to give me all the things I was looking for. And it isn't. And you know who I blame? All of you fucking yeah. idiots. You fuckers you on that me- Spanish announce table podcast. You're talking shit on me about my fucking... Well, no, no, no. What I would say is... I would, his angle could be, you told me once I got this championship, I would be whole, I would complete the story and I would be the man I should be. And I got this championship and all I got is people trying to shoot me in the back and stab me in the back. I don't fucking trust any of you. And now we get paranoid Cody where he's like, no fucking wonder my dad left this company. Fuck you. And fuck you. And fuck you. Like that is fun. Cause then he goes, I totally get why my dad hated this place. I didn't fucking like that guy. Vince could never be trusted. Triple H is just like him. Fuck him. Remember when I took the sledgehammer to that thing, I'm going to do it again here. Like that Cody could be cool. Now they won't fucking do it. Cause WWE sucks ass, but that would be fun. Give me the pencil. I'll do it. You know what doesn't suck ass is the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, so we encourage all of you to watch Sunday and root for the Chiefs to help us. That would be a great way to support this podcast and to send us all that positive energy. We'd like to thank Jeffrey Sills, who is awesome, Bill from Dawsonville, who is at FuckYoMama2X on Instagram. That's F-U-K-Y-O-M-O-M-M-A-2X on Instagram. Please follow that. Please follow us on all the social medias. We're on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Fuck Facebook still because we're old. We're on all that shit. We got a pro wrestling tea store. You can check us out. Spanish announce table. There's only one design because we need y'all to buy some more of it. So you can buy cooler designs once they see we actually make some sales. So do all of that stuff. Check us out on Spanish announce table.net. Subscribe, like, comment, tell your friends. And I think we'll be back next week for episode 422 of the Spanish announce table. God, I don't know what else to say anymore, Tom. I think I'm just stalling. You got any words of wisdom before we get the fuck out of here? I hope Chiefs win. Chiefs! Chiefs Go Chiefs! The Spanish announce table.